Ed Campbell and along with Sam White, we're on a mission to help commercial breeders better understand genetic selection data. You're listening to The Data Breeder. It's about how you can improve your herd and put more money back in your bank account. The Data Breeder is brought to you by Bald Blair Angus and Elders Rural. Visit eldersrural.com.au to find your local branch. We're at the at the bull pens of Ball Blair, just inspecting bulls. That's Sam White, the stud master at Ball Blair Angus, setting the scene for you. On the first episode of the Data Breeder, Sam and I talk about the data he collects and why, and how commercial breeders can use it to make decisions. Tell me why the use of data is so important to to Ball Blair Angus. Ed, look, thanks very much for the opportunity. This is. Uh, this is a unique unique opportunity for us to talk about our operation a little bit more specifically than we have in the past. So data is important. We want to make better and more informed decisions with fact rather than emotion. So that's, that's, that's what's important. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by emotion? Well, it might look good, but let's actually see what look good actually is. Okay. Whether that be a weight, whether that be a scan, whether that be a measure of fertility or whatever. Let's actually put a number to that. So I can get, I get that from the from your viewpoint. You need to know what the bulls are doing, you know how they're going to perform, and to be able to provide advice to your commercial breeders. What does it mean for the commercial breeder, though? How do they how do they apply that approach to to their operations? Right. Well, firstly, from a from a from a seed stock operator's point of view, what we hope it does for our commercial clients is that it ensures for them that we're spending a lot of time collecting objective data on the production system the bulls that are going to go in their commercial herds. For them, production production data is still just as important. May not be as detailed, but it's still important, particularly with respect to issues of fertility, growth, carcass. Does it allow you to not cheat the system, that's the wrong word, but does it allow you to accelerate your genetic gains? Is yeah, that why it's... That, that's exactly what it's about. What it's about is getting productivity efficiency gains. It's about it's about being able to tighten the group and make sure your group's not so spread out in terms of diversity. You always get diversity in any population, but the idea of this is that we get more concentration of, of data. So by, by did you use the word group or spread? So spread, spread, spread of data. So the idea is it's normal that in, in a normal population of cattle that are, de, 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 that are developed is that they'll have a peak in terms of diversity with respect to various traits. Like a bell curve. Like a bell curve distribution, yep. exactly what it is. And there's a bottom 5% and there's a top 5%. And each year by removing those that bottom five percent not necessarily the top we can be in a situation where we're improving productivity efficiency and it's all about you know farmers are are caught up in the process of cost cost price squeeze and inevitably while we're on an absolute peak and high right at this very time we're in a situation as over time our costs will continue to rise and we always keep we always need to keep um, our mind and our eyes on cost of production so is it about moving the bell curve forward up the scale or is it is it reducing the the size of it what's the no 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 it's aim? about moving it further to the right if you say further further to further to the productivity efficiency end gaining gaining improvements in that herd so we say moving it to the right so what types of data are you collecting yep and then what does how does a 
a commercial breeder look at that data? Because they're two two different things slightly, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. So the data that, that our commercial breeders get to see at our bull sale, of course, is our genomically enhanced breed plan, genomically enhanced EBVs, okay? So at a seed stock level, what we're actually collecting is we'll collect birth weight, we'll collect 200, 400 and 600 day growth weights, we'll collect scans for eye muscle area, rump and rib fat and intramuscular fat. That's all done at that 600 days. We'll collect scroll circumference data, semen morphology and motility. We also are able to measure in our herd in terms of fertility, our success at AI, both a first round, second round and cover sire. And they're important because if we can get more of those animals to conceive in that first cycle, then we've got huge fertility, of course. Now that's another trait I'll come back to commercially. Pedigree, we're always, in, we're always observing pedigrees and what we find is productivity gains, some pedigrees will outperform others with respect to some traits or some grouping of traits. We also do genomic tests, that's where we take a hair sample or an ear notch and they provide the genomic HD50K SNP data that's then incorporated into the Trans-Tasman Angus cattle, cattle Evaluation, which was previously Breedplan. And all that data is, is, is interpreted throughout the life of an animal. And by the time a bull gets to two years of age, with that data, it can be anywhere from 55 to 65% accurate. Accuracy, accuracy of data is an important issue. The less data there is, the lower that accuracy. And, and obviously the more data there is, the higher that accuracy. Once a bull gets to five or six years of age, we actually have data on that bull's progeny. And that data, if that bull is good, it'll be highly used. That data will be up around 90, 95% accurate. And that's pretty powerful when you get those, that sort of information. You won't get it at a two-year-old, but the issue is the important thing that we want to stress is that we're me that in addition to those, we're also doing trait scores with respect to structure, temperament, and now type. All this information is made available to our clients at our bull sale, and they can be rest assured that we've done all our best efforts to incorporate and get as much information as we can submitted into our evaluations for the bulls that they have available for sale. So when, when your clients are looking at your bull sale catalogue, and it can be pretty confusing, there's a lot of, there's a lot of data in there and, mm. and um, a lot of different traits to look at, mm. how, do you, how do you manage all that from a bull selection perspective? Mm. Well, the most important thing is from a, from a commercial producer's point of view is that there is a lot of data. I think we're reporting on something like 22 traits or bits of information that go into our catalogue. You may use indexes, which are a combination of selection, uh, selection indexes to incorporate which bulls will most fit your most likely production system. Or if it, what we do, do say if they're going to rely solely on those is they actually look behind them. We like to say, well, what's important to you? Is calving ease important? Is growth important? Is carcass important? Is fertility important? And they're your three or four you know, really important things that you need to focus on. And so we make sure they're always looking into the numbers with respect to that. We don't want to continue to, you know, to get excessive in terms of um, any one particular trait. That itself, single trait selection, is not the best. Is not the best for people who've got a cow herd similar to ours. From that commercial breeder, breeder's viewpoint, 
you're, you've got your breeding plan, I guess. You know, you, you're, you're targeting a particular market. You're then working backwards from that point, scanning the data to determine what, you know, what bull is going to suit your herd. Yeah, yeah. That, well, you'd like to think that that's how it works for, for everyone. I, th- I think the events of the last few years with respect to drought are some people just have just bought what they could afford. Now they're in a situation where they're able to say, well, no, our production system, and, and that's based on cost of production at that particular time, but now it's based on what is my target market? Are they a self-replacing herd? Are they breeding breeders for themselves? What traits are important with respect to that? And then, or are they a terminal herd? Or are they a crossbred herd? What market? Are they targeting a feedlot? Are they targeting a grass finishing market? So you'd like to think that one bull would fit all of those, but and, and, and when we breed one, that'll be great. But the issue is, is our bulls will fit a multiple of functions with respect to what production system are going in. And that's the ideal is to get our bulls, our bulls into as many systems as possible and across as many systems as possible. So you see that in our production goals, but it's important that the breeder have theirs and that they focus on the traits that are most important to them. You know, for, traits in terms of farmers' fertility, growth and carcass, okay, you, you, that's where you're going to get your money. Fertility, of course, first, you're going to have something to sell. You want to have something that's on the ground, easy, alive, haven't had to do any work for it, and, you know, again and again and again, they're getting back in calf as they go through their life. Then we want growth, because growth is going to provide an end point for the market. Which, which market are we providing? If we're providing a feedlot versus a terminal market, are we turning off cattle at 14 months or at 26 months as more of a bullock? And of course, carcass is intramuscular fat and EMA important to you or retail beef field. They're all important to us across all things, but they're the things that you would focus on. What's EMA? Eye muscle area. Okay. If you need to find the right genetics to meet your commercial ambitions, give Sam and Kirsty a call on 0438 792 140 or 02-6779-2141, email via samwhite at baldblair.com.au or visit www.baldblairangus.com.au. All listeners of the podcast will receive a free stay at Kelly's Cottage on Farm at Bald Blair Angus when they visit. Take us back a step to to the process you use in your your decision making. So you target a, a feedlot with your commercial herd. Yes. How do you how do you make the decision around what bull you're putting in with those heifers? Yeah, good. Okay, so so the two, the two components of the commercial herd. Firstly, a commercial herd, the bull bear commercial herd, is a self-replacing commercial herd. That means it's providing its own females. It's regenerating its own females. It's a purebred herd, purebred Angus herd. And we'll, we'll have bulls that will target specifically for heifer matings and we'll have bulls with a bit more grunt that we'll target specifically for the cow. So, that, so we'll put emphasis, a greater emphasis on calving ease for the heifer because we want to get low maintenance in terms of not having to having minimal assists with the heifers come the point of calving right we're still checking them daily we're not checking them twice a daily we have dystochia levels you know five percent or less if we can have less even better that's the goal but in terms of in terms then of our cow herd we might have a bull that still is a little low in birth weight but has a little bit more growth so in terms of the calving ease for the heifer we'll 
pay attention to gestation length, we'll pay attention to calving ease and to the physical birth weight. And uh, we'll still get them above, certainly above the top 30, or in that top 30% in the breed. And, and then in, in the cow herd, we'll be targeting a little, little bit more growth and a little bit more carcass impact in terms of of EMA and, and IMF because our target market commercially for the male castrate or steer is is uh, one of our local Rangers Valley feedlots which we've dealt with for such a long time. That's the calving side of it. What, what, what are you looking at next? Well, I think in terms of, uh, it's remembering all the data collection that we talked about, one of the things I haven't touched on is we've become, you know, after the 2019 events is we're paying a lot of attention to everything. Now we've always collected data on pasture. We've always collected data on rainfall. We're actually, we, we want to be fairly holistic in terms of our decisions going forward. So we'd like to think that we're going to have, have even more data on a number of different things as well. You know, we've um, just implemented soil moisture probes to measure soil moisture on two of our properties and they'll give us a reasonable representation of, so the primary property of Ball Blair and one close associated property. The next property has a probe on it and it'll give us an, a potential association of soil moisture between it and the next property. And those then what happens is with respect to the history of rainfall in this area, we have a good indication of most likely herbage mash or pasture mash that we're going to grow in the winter. And, and if um, we have a circumstance that suggests that soil moisture is low at, in February and the records are suggesting and all the data is suggesting that we're not going to have a lot of rainfall going forward, there's a fair, clear, obvious sell decision that can be made fairly early so that so that we don't have to incorporate excessive feed costs. We still will supplement, but don't want to be caught having excessive feed costs in our operation. That were in economic terms that'd be a leading indicator, right? Oh, so. <laughs> after 2019 I'd expect so. And, and 2019 of course we're referring to the yeah. to the drought. Yeah. How do you manage all this data? So you you spoke about I think 24 or 28 data points on a bull mm. we're now talking about you know additional data points in terms of soil moisture and, the, and those indicators have you got an internal system or is it your you know elders notebook in the, in the top <laughs> pocket and a couple of calculations it's a very, very simply you'd love it to be look it's a paddy book but there's a lot of data there and realistically you want data in a form that you can make decisions on so so we have a herd management system to record all our cattle data and that's always at our fingertips and we're we're dealing with that every day in terms of the other data in terms of pasture and all that we've collected pasture records for a century and they've just been entering into an excel spreadsheet that'll sheets that'll that'll become that'll become more sophisticated as we go forward as we get the um, data decision support systems to support that so I, I think you know I've seen cattle operations in commercial clients of ours that are significantly bigger than ours that are run in an elders paddock book. But I've also found that, you know, you can be as sophisticated as you like with, with whatever herd management or pasture management data recording systems. AgriWeb's one that comes to mind that allows you to record all this data. You know, they're, 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 you can be as sophisticated as you like as you're simple, or as simple as you like. Paddock book's good, provided you actually use the data you collect. An Excel spreadsheet's probably you know, reasonable indicator of something that you can actually look at data and have that evolving. So at the moment we're using herd management system for our livestock recording, we're using Excel spreadsheets for all this other information. Often when we start to talk about data and, and the value of data, you what your eyes tell you and your heart tells you can be two separate things. So how, how do you reconcile that in terms of what you do with your commercial herd? Mm. 
Well, remember that the trait of metromuscular fat, and we've got to be very careful of, of not single trait selection, but you actually can't see it. Yeah, it's, it's a trait, some of these traits are non-observable from the physical animal. We would suspect that they're pretty good. I mean, they can be, they can be impacted. The results of marbling can be impacted because of early life setbacks, if you know what I mean. So, you know, you don't, you, there are a lot of traits that you actually can't, growth's an easy one. That's one we can see, but intramuscular fat um, and rump and rib fat, we can see it and we can feel it, um, but we don't really know exactly how it is. In terms of intramuscular fat, you can't see it. So there are traits in our production system that you can't see. So that's why you need data. And in terms of, in terms of commercial data, you know, what's important? Well, what's important in a commercial system is you want to know how many cows or how many heifers have got in calf, how many cattle have returned to estrus and got back in calf for a second time and what's the level of drop-off you know generally we find it accepting to have eight to ten percent of animals drop out of an age group year on year in as they as you have a as you have a, as your herd evolves so look they're, they're simple little measures that you can get as a result of pre-testing then you know you get the weights you can physically weigh your animals commercially a lot of people don't scan their cattle however what's what will become available going forward is simple commercial steer selector which is a genomics tool that allows to to actually look inside the genomic makeup of an animal and say right this deer has a higher propensity to marble than this deer perhaps if you know what i mean and then they can be targeted different production systems those technologies are not far away is it about making informed decisions? It, it is. Is it's that a, the way to, to look at it? Yes, Ed, that, that, it's as simple as that. Remember, there's no point in having all this information if you don't actually use it. So, yes, the, the most important thing is we want to make simple informed decisions that, and we can make them in a timely fashion so that we can have another impact on the next generation of animals that we're, that we're, we're breeding. So, that, so the other one was, you know, like, like the other bit of feedback that you get commercially is you get kill data. All right, you get feedlot performance data. They, they allow you to get a feel for how your animals have compared in a group to the, in, in comparison to the pen or the yard average at that particular time. Are they above or below? And if they're above in terms of EMA and growth, you're going, okay, that's my production system, I'm happy with it. But if they're down on one of those traits, let's say they're down on IMF, then the simple production decision, decision you can make is to buy bulls that have all the attributes of growth that you want with a little bit more IMF or intramuscular fat. And so you can influence these things genetically. Remembering though, the genetic, the genetic gain occurs at such a slow rate, but you know, between five and 10% per head per year, where management improvements can bring changes that are massive uh, in just one generation. So, you know, in, sorry, in one year. So, you know, you've got to combine good sensible management with, with genetic selection as well. And is part of that management data the, the soil moisture profile that we were talking about before? For us it is, yes, yeah. absolutely. And that's new. So we're just getting our head around, getting around the best and quickest and simplest way of doing it. There's a number of producers in this whole district that are part of this um, pilot program that we're doing with um, Milton Kirkpatrick's crew, Precision Pastures, and it's, it's exciting and it's something that we asked to be part of and something we thought that was lacking in terms of our preparedness for handling drought. I believe um, there might have been some 
money in the federal budget the night before last too around soil moisture testing and access to data as well. So I guess that's good news for producers. Yeah, well, we'll just see how that evolves. I haven't had a close enough to look to see, but it's it's well targeted. It's a, I think it's going to be very productively and sensibly used. If I'm a commercial breeder, it's autumn up here on the the New England. The spring bull sales are not that far away, as as I know you're fully fully aware. These yep. guys are just outside the Ute here, we can we can hear them. They're they're getting ready too. What, what's the process around starting to think about bull selection? You know, what, what's the process someone should be should be using starting to think about this data? What you know, building building their plan well look I think I think the biggest thing is that we're all in recovery phase so a lot of people are going to be retaining perhaps more females than they would normally do at a younger age so they're going to have more heifers certainly that was the case last year I would suggest that'll be the case this year and you remember me talking about that bell curve distribution um, of animals that would mean that animals that would normally not be joined are going to be joined so there is a little bit of risk there so what I would suggest is that in terms of heifer matings pay close attention to you know your calving your calving rate and any calving difficulties that you have you know do I need to put more emphasis on calving ease do I need to put more emphasis on birth weight and gestation length so you'll have that data because you will have calved last year you will have got that data the next amount of data that you will have is more often than not if you had steers to sell and most people may not have because they would have sold them but if you had steers to sell those would have been sold you may not have data on those you may not have any data from 2019 2018 to say how am I performing in a feedlot you've got to work on data a few years back and going okay well if if they perform well in the feedlot and I was good average result, then I have my production issues already set in place. So, look, you know they've they've got the situation, they've got the information at hand that they can start making informed decisions, and remembering that you know fertility is your number one coming out of a drought. They're all important. I'm not going to say one is better than another, but a live calf on the ground gives you something to sell. And if you can have two assets to sell, both the cow and the calf even better if you're uh, if you're building that plan and you're, and you're in that space at the moment what and and when the bull sale catalogs come out what are the what are the kind of key bits they should be should be starting with do you think well i think the most important thing we go back to it again is what is your production system what are the markets that you are targeting and then simply you go in there and say all right what production traits are most important to me and we talk about fertility growth and carcass and then we pick the attributes in those catalogs of those bulls through they can all be, you know, you can ring your, your stud breeder, you certainly ring us, and we can rank these bulls for you accordingly if that's if that's what people want. So, you know, for us now, bulls have, we've just um, selected our bull sale team for the year just yesterday. We're pretty excited about the draft. The um, most important thing, of course, is that we're now going to evolve this group of bulls um, to get to our bull sale. They'll, they're all pasture-reared. There'll be a small amount of supplementation in the supplementation in the lead-up to sale. Obviously, it's going to get colder over the next few months, and these bulls are going to uh, need a little bit of little bit of help just to keep their condition in the lead-up to the bull sale. So, look, all the information will be there. There will be numerous open days all throughout the district, and certainly we ha- we'll have an open day very close to our sale. But if anybody wants to come and have a look at our bulls at any stage over the next few months, we're keen and able to help and show people around of course and you'd be happy to steer people in the right direction towards bulls that might suit their herd of course absolutely yep sam thank you very much thanks ed
Thanks to Elders Livestock for supporting this podcast. For expert advice and the best stud stock selling options, contact your local branch. For details, visit eldersrural.com.au. The Data Breeder was produced by Ed Campbell at Seek and Deploy's Armadale-based digital content lab. Visit seekdeploy.com.